You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Bismillahir Rahim Radio Ramadan 87.7 FM program reactions with your host Zubair Akram and my guest Sheikh Rahman Muhammad. Uh, 7th of Ramadan iftar in Glasgow is at 7:55 p.m. um and this is our third uh episode of uh, our conversation discussion with Sheikh Rizwan on uh, this um, very topic of the effect of wahi the effect of um, revelation on civilization and if we want to call that islamic civilization um once we have once we analyze that there is uh, there is uh, this effect of revelation and human beings they they choose to have revelation uh with um in their lives and once they inform themselves of revelation then realization becomes islamic civilization assalamu alaikum sheikh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh uh sheikh this is what the, the theme that i've picked up on and this is what i've tried to summarize what i understand which we are trying to understand that once we have belief in the divine revelation quran and we as human beings choose to shape the way we live in the light of uh, wahi revelation divine guidance that very way of life becomes civilization which we call islamic civilization hmm is it a fair statement yeah i think it's fair islam as a revelation um given to the prophet ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam in its final form uh, and the revelation of the quran as the message itself the uncreated speech of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, informed i think every single decision that our um, ummah made the, 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 the wider community made everything is informed by you know um reflections on the quran quran is weaved into our lives to the point that people quote it and reflect upon it sometimes not knowing that it's the quran because it's informed so many aspects of people's lives from the, the time of the prophet and coming um you know it's almost like proverbial the quranic text became more than itself in the sense that it started to go outside the religious realm as well and so if you look at a great architecture i mentioned this before the great literature that we have the gate the great um achievements that we've achieved in in the past as an ummah they've all in some way connected very closely to the religious impulse and all the revelation the quran and all that comes from that simple <clears throat> event because remember we're tying it back to the chapter we're doing which is surah iqra and so all of it you know as i said before ties back to that initial revelation that, that small event which became so um, cataclysmic for humanity and so um, productive for humanity and so beneficial for humanity and so it's um it's one of these things that you know something that's significant can be imperceptible and unnoticed by all people so the the the, the first revelation to prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was 
unrecognizable to anybody apart from the Prophet ﷺ. He came and he informed his wife Khatija, who then took him to Waraqa bin Nawfal, and then they they went through the Prophet with the Prophet ﷺ, what he had gone through to make him understand exactly what was happening. That was one event, and that event then cascaded into the small group of people who were around him within three or four years then turned into you know about hundred people that emigrated with him and then became the hundred over hundred thousand who then attended his farewell pilgrimage and is now the one point eight billion on the face of this earth that that hold the Prophet in, in great honor and esteem and respect. So all of that is from one small event. And I think sometimes in life we, you know, practically we, because you tied it into civilization, sometimes we underestimate the power of a simple action, a simple act of defiance, a sim simple word of truth. Because um, all of the prophets, if you think about it, they, they were individuals very vulnerable, very weak, but they made historical stances against um, people and other civilizations, counter-civilizations that stood for the the values that no human being would want to stand with, oppression, um, demagoguery, um, injustice, and hedonism. All these things were part and parcel of civilizations in the past that the prophets came to rectify. This is why the prophetic voice, remember when we talk about the person is, a, is, a, is like a prophet amongst his community, it, they're saying something that nobody wants to hear, but they're saying it because it makes it's going to make a difference to people's lives. And they're almost like on the out, they're outliers in in civilization. They're people on the outskirts, on the fringes, speaking truth to power. That's what they talk about nowadays. I think truth to power. But the thing that Islam did is, you know, speaking truth to power nowadays is a big thing. You probably know this social um, activism, social justice um, activism, for example is all about, perhaps a lot of people think it's about speaking truth to power. Like in America, um, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, is for the people that propose it, speaking truth to power. So seeking the disbandment of the police and redistribution of wealth and restructuring of family units and so on and so forth is part and parcel of the Black Lives Matter movement, for example. There's also principles to to speaking truth to power, which is to look at the ultimate aim, the purpose, the result, which which sometimes people miss because it is things ends justify you know the, the means. So whatever gets you to what you want is justifiable. Whereas Islam is a completely different, I think, um, has a different take on it. You have to at every moment in your life you have to ask yourself, is it proportionate? Is it justifiable? Is it needed? When you're speaking, for example, you always ask yourself the same questions, pass it through. Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it is it true? And so Iqra is this inception. It's like this inception of intent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to tell a person that they are going to now convey the message of, of God to humanity. And we are now going to be the people who are going to be given that as well because it cascades down to us. Iqra is now going to be something that we have to also do as well. And the interesting about Iqra also is that civilization 
as long as you stay within the parameters of of of, of rationale and logic and scientific endeavor and truth generally it goes well and if you don't then it doesn't so iqra can go you know revelation can go wrong you know people who read iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq and read the quran and read the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu and try and implement it they are they can also be people that go completely astray and they can be people that do things that are against the very spirit of our faith as well and they're the people that will destroy the legacy of the prophet sallallahu as well so that inception, that initial point of revelation, can go two ways actually, because you can have you can have extremism, um, in which the Prophet Ali wasalam, you know warned against and said and, and said you know be wary of extremism, be wary of of um, being too over exuberant in your religious practice, because then you go astray. And the interesting, interesting when I was talking about you know. The world and the creation, the universe and the cosmos, it came into being from a singularity, the same thing in inception. And in the same way that revelation can go astray if you misunderstand it, you know, science and an analysis of, of natural phenomena can also go wrong if and, and can be used in evil ways if you misappropriate it. You know, so the Big Bang gave rise to the cosmos, and the cosmos has elements within it that you can use to kill people. And destroy civilizations like the autumn atom bomb was created and the people that created it then um essentially regretted the fact that they had now misused science so islam is like this amazing the revelation of the, of the quran through iqra is i think it sets the ground roots for rules for good healthy civilization because it tells you that the revelation and the ability to read and reflect are two components that if you build upon them, you have a create, create a healthy society, a good society. And if you don't, then you essentially become a society which atrophies and fails and, and ends up um, imploding um, either due to one type of extremism or another. So yeah, Iqra is just, um, it is what it is. It's, it's simple, but it's, it has so much intent because what what else could you use to start the revelation you know because it's it's the most unobvious thing that you could start a revelation with because mm. I, I did say that it's the most unobvious thing that if you were to ask a hundred how would you start a religious book with for the last for the end of humanity no one would say read because and especially if you said okay to an arabian prophet who lived at that time mm. when you know, the Prophet said, In a hadith of Sahih Bukhari, the Prophet said that we are an unlettered uh, ummah. So the Prophet has, is, is doing a play in words here as well, because ummah also comes from ummi, which is either not to be able to read or to be from the ummah of the Arabs, which is ummi. Also can mean um, a person who comes out with their um, which is mother, very close to nature, close, close to fitra. And now the Prophet said that we are we're an unlettered community. We neither write or read or count. And he was saying the context of Ramadan, about whether the month is 29 or 30 days. But the point is, that would be the first thing. That would be the last thing you would think the first revelation would be read. Especially to an Arab nation which doesn't read. And to a person who doesn't read, it'd be the it'd be the complete opposite thing. So it, it ties in, I think we kind of touched on it. It ties into this thing yeah. that Iqra is not just to decipher writing, it's also to 
recite. And so mm. it's in the kind of middle between a very interesting place where you can actually accept that what you read out from something imprinted within you can also be iqra. So it's almost as if, and it gives an insight. I don't know many people have, scholars have talked about this, but it gives an insight that the Prophet Ali Wasallam, he was reading from what was placed within his heart, not from something physical. So Imam Suyuti does mention narrations where the Prophet was given a, a, a writing on brocade and he read it, but that's considered to be not the most um, authentic narration. The Prophet just read. And what we understand is, that the Quran says that we the angel that the trustworthy angel came with it upon your heart, and so he, the Prophet read it from his heart. We don't know how that happened. So if you think about it, he is mm. if he's visited with by his angel physically, we said last session, and now he's then he's saying what should I read? And then all of a sudden. He is saying, So where is he reading it from? Hmm. It's something imprinted within the heart or the mind or the consciousness or the subconscious, wherever it is. You know, which is interesting because Imam Ghazali talks about the fact that the heart and the intellect and the nafs and the ruh actually have a very shared source. So the Prophet was basically inspired with something he could recollect. Like, for example, yourself, you, if you want to recite a prayer, one of the, the the five prayers, you stand and you don't think, oh, where's I need to check my mushaf or something. You just recite, hmm, hmm. and it's in Arabic they call it istihdar min al qalbi. It's just basically hmm. to to recollect something from the heart. It's like you're reading as the Prophet <laughs> read. So th th there is this kind of like storage places, the file that you retrieve. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, chat GTP or GPT or whatever it is. Yes, GPT. Yeah. So it's yeah. divine. Yes, it's divine. It's it's embedded, it's etched, and it comes out. It it, it comes out it, because, with, with with a trigger. I mean, the the thing is, with the Prophet Ali Salat, is the trigger is revelation, and there's all these narrations about how the Prophet used to receive revelation. He used to come to him, and he would feel the ringing of a like a, a what we call a bell, or that the and even the way that the revelation would come. Sometimes it would come, and Wait, weigh upon him to the point that even Aisha radiallahu and once she said he received revelation while he his head was on her lap, and she felt mm. the heaviness of it, and he was on a camel, and, and the camel had to had to um, crouch because the heaviness Gosh. of the revelation. And so there's physical ways that we know this happens, and there's so Sheikh, there is these, these concepts, <laughs> right? So what, in, in last. 12 13 minutes what you've spoken about if i want to understand that there is this third dimension there is this unseen world which is bigger than the seen world hmm. and there is no calibration there is no well there's no measurement there is no concrete information that one has other than just a belief that it happens um some um, pious people in the history because they have good character, they have experience, and they have this karamat or mojizat. And because of their character, we just believe that this happens. Mm. And well, what you're saying to me is kind yes. of okay. Because what, 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 yeah, so what I'm understanding is that ikra is not just necessarily a literal meaning, it's not asking 
an unlettered person والسلام, to, to start reading which he doesn't know he hasn't got the skill he hasn't got the faculty it's known but then we are saying that he's asked to read from the heart from the files that he already has embedded in them in his heart well you say downloaded not embedded Download. it's not like um, you buy a computer okay. and has software already there but the problem had the, the the hardware if you want to use it that way mm-hmm. the capacity we have hadith of ibn mas'ud that the person chose was chosen because of his heart so must it must be some hardware you know ram capacity which was sufficient you know if you want to make metaphors mm-hmm. The quality of the heart of the Prophet was the very best quality of heart. His mm-hmm. lineage was the very best of lineage. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Prophet talks about he was chosen from the Surah of Ibrahim, Bani Kanana, all the way to his, his own lineage. And his heart was chosen as well in separate narrations. Everything mm-hmm. points towards the fact that, you know, the Prophet his, his the purity of his lineage as well, never, no person in his lineage was born out of wedlock. All these things we know, which is like mm-hmm. we would say hardware. Software is something downloaded. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to what you would say where you know the if you're tying the idea of abrogation and the idea of of um, how the Quran is revealed over 23 years as well, it's very much like the idea of you know so hardware software, where you, the hardware is the constituent elements of something that you buy and you have. It's not going to change unless you change some hardware section of it. The software is the update of that. So every year the Prophet used to be. You know, if you can use the metaphor in the best mm. way that you can, the 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 Prophet used to revise the Quran with the angel Jibrail. It's almost like that's the update. Mm. So bit, the update was, version. Yeah, it was the it was the it was the update that would in, take into account the the theory of of abrogation. It would take into account the the fact that the Prophet had to, um, you know. And contain the revelation absolutely because the whole point of revising it was for him to contain it. And even in that is is a great wisdom because even prophets who could have not required that require that. So what do you think about humans in all our endeavors? If you're doing something, you do need to, you know, at some point tie everything together again at certain points in time, take stock of everything. It's a human need and that's a sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in creation as well Allah doesn't create the heavens and the earth and everything in in in, mm. in, a, in a moment mm. he did it in the metaphor is um the, the seven days were used for the whole process of creation <clears throat> and that is the way that it happens and even the, the 23 years the, the 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 updates took 23 years and so mm. one of that aspect is to you know make people sure that it it was checked and corroborated with the angel Jibreel every twenty every year. The other aspect is to teach us that nothing, the great things that we achieve in life are not achieved all of a sudden. Like if you're trying to set out to do something, you might say, you might watch somebody do something, you think, I would love to do that. Well, you can do it. I mean, it's not, mm. there's nothing that you've seen ever that you cannot do. It's a mm-hmm. question of do you put the steps in place to be able to do it? Like mm-hmm. you want to get married, to somebody and you want to find the right partner, there's steps that you can do. It just needs more effort sometimes. If you want to create a business empire, you can do it. It just requires steps. So you don't have the the business acumen, get somebody on your side that does. If you don't have the investment, get somebody on your side that does. If you if you have nobody on your side that has investment, you know, 
you know, pull yourself up by, by the bootstraps and start to earn. And then, you know, every single thing, this requires a plan. Hmm. And this is why this 23 years is such an interesting thing, because it tells you that Allah could have revealed it, you know, in one, 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 um, one session or one instant. But, but, the, but, but there is a hybrid. There, there is a there is this parallel approach, where on one hand we're saying there is there are steps, there is a plan, and then there is this unseen, mm -hmm. and then there is this um, thing that we can't see, feel, we have no knowledge of, um, and and the help from the different realm. Mm -hmm. So that coupled gives you what we have. The, the birth of civilization through Prophet Yes, so that thing of unseen is is a is a good issue because I think your issue is more about people come and claim prophecy and that's the unseen and how do we we take their word for it because we see them as being different. Mm. But you know, you could have somebody who's a false prophet who does mm. a very good job of being a false prophet, mm. and so in those kind of in in those situations, what. What we understand, Imam Shawli al-Dahlawi mentioned in his Hujjat Allah that people are drawn to individuals and true prophets on, on account of the fact that when they see them, they see some semblance of the angelic realm, the unseen, that they have a close proximity to the angelic realm that they have, that they have no intent except the service of something greater than themselves, for example. And that's why the people were drawn to the Prophet and even enemies were drawn. Like you know, like somebody envies somebody. It's they still are drawn to the person they envy. Like you might hate somebody and be envious of somebody, but you're still drawn to that person. Like that's you will why lose. You're envious. <laughs> yeah, but the whole point <laughs> is you lose sleep over the fact that this person is has something you don't have. Most mm. people would say, "I would like to have something they have." Let's, I'll ask them how they got it, and I'll be happy. Most human. New, normal human beings would do that. People who are ill will say that person has something I I want to have. I want them not to have it. Mm, mm, so that's mm. hasad. And hasad. so, yeah. So the prophets come and they they come with you know you know the prophet said that at the age of around twelve, an angel came to him and and took out of his heart al hakti wal hasad. Well, actually, sorry, two angels came and they and they extracted from the prophet's heart. Al-Hiqdi wal-Hasad, which is rancor, which is anger against some individuals or other people, and Hasad, which is envy, the qualities that, you know, the prophets come with something beneficial for humanity. And um, we we don't just take it on, on face value that it, it that it comes from the unseen. There's also the Mu'jizah, which is something that underlines their special calling, their special sending, the fact that they're sent by God, which is for the Prophet, mm -hmm. it's the Quran, it's a revelation. Which is, mm. you know, something that is fascinating, because we know what he recite, what we recite now is what he recited. Mm. Like we can say that as a human, not as a Muslim. We can say it as a human academic. We can say that very clearly. Like there's no academic I know in Islamic studies who, in any seriousness, doesn't claim exactly what I just said, which is that what we recite is what the Prophet read. From the time he get, he gained, gained revelation to this time, nobody I mean denies it because every single attempt to test it has been true. Every manuscript, every hidden um, parchment of of um, lost material that was found, 
every piece of writing which was wiped off and then you know through um you know analysis found to have read, hidden write arabic writing was found to be exactly like the quran that we read now so it's a it's an anomaly that we have in human civilization that the, the, the revelation of the prophet is the only one that is actually you know protected recited and so iqra is just like this this hmm. this is why it's the bedrock of human muslim civilization for us that's why everything is of that nature Inshallah, after this ad break, we will um, listen to the ayahs, the, the initial five ayahs, Surah Alaq, Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq, followed by some uh, more conversation, more discussion around those five ayahs and its relationship with how these ayahs are the start of what we call is Islamic civilization. And also, I will like to touch upon this Qasabi and Wahhabi uh, debate or, or understanding that how much of the, the, the Nabuwa or how much of our human effort could be Kasabi and how much is it ordained, preordained and etched in human psychology. Uh, ad break and inshallah we'll be right back. <laughs> In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. Recite in the name of your Lord who created. Created man from a clinging substance. Recite and your Lord is the most generous. Who taught by the pen. Taught man that which he knew not. No, but indeed man transgresses. Because he sees himself self-sufficient. Indeed, to your Lord is the return. Have you seen the one who forbids a servant when he prays? Have you seen if he is upon guidance? or enjoins righteousness? Have you seen if he denies and turns away? Does he not know that Allah sees? No, if he does not desist, we will surely drag him by the forelock. A lying, sinning forelock. Then let him call his associates. We will call the angels of hell. No, do not obey him, but prostrate and draw near to Allah. 
So, Sheikh, just before the break, we were talking about how much of an effort is required, how much of a plan is required, and the difference between probably mojiza and karama, uh, maybe, yes? And also, if I'm wanting to understand this link between and the third realm, the third dimension. And, and the last thing which uh, I, I mentioned before the break was that in prophethood, how much of it is as a result of the continuous effort of Prophet that he was sadiq, he was amin, um, he was upright, he had lineage, that was, that's something to be proud of. And he was never involved in anything which is nothing but excellent. It, or is it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen him and he was prepared as per his task was going to be at the age of 40? Hmm. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of like goes back to we kind of have discussion nowadays about nature and nurture. Mm. So if a person, you know, grows up and ends up falling into delinquency, goes into jail, mm. minor misdemeanors, or ends up, you know, like a couple of days ago, there was a shooting, again, another shooting. I mean, I can speak every day and there's another shooting in America about somebody mm. having um, a chip on their shoulder, for example, over a school and then they go in and they kill children essentially and adults like people in their 60s and people in their six years seven year old you know when people speak about that to what degree were they born just with that vengeful nature you know from a very young from birth essentially from the fetus and to what degree was the environment the nature the nurture the experiences that they had a contributing factor or actually the factor the reason the main factor that they did what they did mitigating circumstances as you say in legal to parlance and with prophecy it's 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 you can see the same thing but it's not so you could say oh you know in nature nurture we usually say it's part of this and part of that so that's what the science is part of the science is that you're a product of your environment but your nature is something you know you'll see like my my son and my, when my mother sees him she says he's a part of his nature is my my father's nature like certain traits and some of the things he does are some of the things I do and it's is not something that he's ever seen me do it's some, something I used to do when I was a younger child and so you obviously think that's kind of some kind of natural continuity there genetic or whatever it is physical and and um, psychological but then there's nurture which is you can you can you can actually hone and shape a, a child based upon how you deal with the child. I mean, the way you deal with the child, the child will live wherever you, you're living and um, giving them to experience. But with prophecy, it's not that. You know, even Imam uh, al-Busiri, rahimahullah, you know, in his burda, he says, Tabarakallah, ma wahyun bimuktasibin. You know, glory be to Allah, how great is God that wahi itself is not something that can be acquired. And also he said that the Prophet, wasallam was not um, somebody who was desirous of the unseen. So in other words, he didn't seek out, he didn't have a plan in place. 
at the age of 18. You know, I'm a shepherd. Now I'm a tradesperson. And now I think I need these people need a profit. So I'm going to just go in seclusion. And then at some point, I hope to be a prophet that God sent. He had no intention, no conception, no perception of of that at all. Hmm. He just naturally, uh, you know, what confuses people is that the prophet did the things that you would expect a prophet to do prior to prophecy. But that's due to the fact that God created the capacity within the prophet to be the person to be chosen. Hmm. Like somebody who goes through university, school, university, gets the education, and then there's a CEO job for a multinational um, tech company. And that person becomes the CEO of that company. The person didn't know they're going to be the CEO of the company. It just happens that they did what they needed to do to build the capacity to do something good. And then this C this company saw that this person was a perfect fit. But the yeah. difference with the the, C, the company and this scenario is that Allah, Alimul Ghaibi wa Shahada, he knows everything in existence before it happened. So he was chosen. This is why the main name of the Prophet is one of the most fascinating ones is that he's Mustafa. Mustafa means comes from Safa, which means purity. Actually, this is an interesting thing. The, the name Mustafa comes from two aspects, which actually discuss, which tie into this discussion, which is one is that he is he is Mustafa, meaning he is pure, like he purified himself, Sayyidim. He was given to Safa. And so when he was like that, Allah chose him. So istifa is also to choose. So it's almost as if... Mustafa, is it not like in Urdu they say Safai? Saf. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So the Prophet was pure and he excelled in, in, in attaining some type, type of purity and, and, and clarity in his own life by himself before prophecy. So he had that nature. He had that capacity which is God-given. But at no point was he building a legacy for himself to be the one that was chosen by Allah. That happens at the age of 40. Mm. You know, even though Allah had always chosen him, in other words, the Prophet was always Al-Mustafa. The Prophet was always the Prophet in the, in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was given the capacity of prophethood as is related by Imam Tirmid in his collection, that I was a prophet even while Adam was between water and clay or between his soul and his body. In other words, it's before time, before space, before place, Allah knew that the Prophet was that. And so revelation specifically is something that is beyond human um, acquiring. It's something that you cannot you know, make yourself a candidate for. You can't put yourself in, into a race to be the 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 prophet hmm. but in in a way is it not true for all human beings mm -hmm. that they are placed in in a certain way somewhere to do something and then they recognize that this is their calling mm -hmm. and then they prepare themselves mm -hmm. and then they <clears throat> you know upscale themselves or put themselves in, in in a training which makes them fit for the job that they've seen for themselves is their job yeah looking back yes but not not that's not how it works because for everyone that did that and told you that they this is how i did what i did like go on youtube <laughs> and then you'll have all these in, inspirational videos about people that yeah. struggle and then became this you know Especially Indian people, they become CEOs of multinationals, yeah. tech companies. Yeah. Now, 
for that one person, do you know? Do you know how difficult it is to become a civil servant in America, in India? Hmm. Do you know the examinations that they have to go through the, to get a civil servant's job, and the amount of people that are after each each individual job? The civil servant. I'm talking about mundane civil servant. You're yeah. not talking about somebody with a car and a house. We're talking about just a salary from a yeah. village. Now, the one person that got there. Behind them is going to be about 50,000 people that didn't get there. Yeah. And so you can't say, oh, you ask the person who got there, which is one in 50,000, how did you get there? And you see, oh, they all the other people weren't slackers. They weren't people that didn't put the effort in and basically stayed away from their family and ate one meal a day. And all the, you know, the wealth of their family was put into feeding them and clothing them and making them just, you know, we say, just to just, Sitting and just reading, yeah. your job is just to read and get that job, because if they get the job, the family is set. You know, mm. the standard of living will be tripled, quadrupled. But that's that's an exception. The proof being that on YouTube they don't show the the videos of all those people that fall, yeah. who think yeah. that they're in that situation. So we can we can look back and we can say that, but that's a minority minority of people that excel. Mm. Mm. Be it's because the majority of people, you know, they live in what we call the world of omnia, the world of of um, just wishing, wishful thinking. They get the idea and then they fall asleep. Hmm, hmm. Now, it, you, it's the execution. It, it's the action. It's not the idea. It's the it's the idea. It's the execution. And the execution might fail, and the, and the execution might fail, and you'll become a, a great person because you failed. So even success is not always success. Remember. It's, it's you know, most great things came out of situations where people continually tried and tried and tried. Like Al-Fatih, Mehmed, for example, the conquest of Istanbul, for example, Constantinople. It was constant. Each step of his attempt to take the city, he could have just turned back. I mean, it was the point that he was, everyone thought he was mad when he continued to insist that he's going to conquer the city. Like they weren't getting, they were going backwards. The, the, the opposition, you know, Byzantine Empire and and uh, the Venetian uh, mercenaries were laughing because they were thinking that, that we've won. But and even his, Muhammad's own army actually were trying to overthrow him. Hmm. So for his, for his fanaticism, for his fanaticism and and um, his his one-minded, single-minded madness to do what he wanted hmm. to do, hmm. and so he didn't he didn't just. Um, Collapse. The experience was the 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 the, the failures. The mm. failures meant that he had to think outside the box. Like so, every time he did something, like he thought outside the box when he built the Romali Hasiru, which is the kind of walls at, well outside the city to embargo ships coming in. He thought outside the box. No one had thought of that to put chains across the barrier in that way. And then when he did that, they got to Constantinople. They Put the city under under siege. It didn't work, and you could just given up. But it forced him to think outside the box. The failure of all those attempts and all these people killed made him think outside the box. And how did he think outside the box? He took ships over a, a hill. I mean, you can't even think of it now. Even okay. a child. Imagine drawing a child. <clears throat> a child drawing ships going over a land. You would think this is not even. This is what are you doing? He did that overnight. Mm. He pushed galley ships over a landmass which is essentially a hill and he did it outside the box 
And then he lays siege to the, the, the city. And it was failing, even after having done all that, it was just almost impossible. And he insisted, we're going to do it. Mm. And so it's all these failures. And, and remember, that's one success amongst, there's at least four campaigns to conquer, conquer Constantinople in Muslim history. Mm. All failures. No so, major ones. Yeah. So, so getting back to the, the, this point of... Um, uh, the third dimension, the other realm, which is which is what I'm I'm, I'm after. Okay, Prophet Sallallahu is not Kasabi, is Wahhabi. It's definitely the chosen person by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But then there are claims of people that they see this and they do this, and if you do this, this will happen. Um, mm -hmm. Which is. Um, Something that sometimes you accept, and other. So somebody says they do something and it, ha and it happens. So somebody says I will do this and it happens. I mean, um, the, the the difference between in, in classical terms karamat and mojiza. Mm -hmm. I just want to understand in this like th this. So yeah, the karamat mojiza. Look, mojiza is simple. It's it's what is done at the hands of a prophet messenger okay. with complete understanding of what they're doing usually with a challenge to for for the opponent to produce the like of it or to unfold what the person's done hmm. so the prophet you know the simplest one the quran the quran states in the quranic text itself there's a there's a claim that is from god and then the challenge is in kuntum if you have any doubt about what we've revealed to our Prophet, then bring the like of it. That's a challenge. So that it claims that, and then that's it. So that's mu'ajiza. Prophets do that. The prophets are chosen by God. Now, normal people in Sunni, um, you know, belief, we believe that um, normal human beings can also do things that are outside the realm of natural law in some way. Hmm. And this is why Imam Laqani says, you know, mm. and we establish, or you should establish the aspect of miraculous actions for the awliya, the people that are close to Allah. Mm. Um, and whoever rejects it, you should, you should take no heed of their words because it's something established in the Quran. Uh, it's established Maryam, considered by majority scholars not to be a prophet, had um, miraculous events take place at her hands. Um, you know, the, the people around the Prophet Suleiman were able to bring the, 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 the throne of Sheba. This, these are all non-prophets. Mm. <clears throat> and so we, we accept that. But the thing about <clears throat> those events is that they're not, they're not um, usually tied with the challenge to bring the like of it. And also, there's no, there's no reason to accept or reject it. There's no, there, nothing's built upon you accepting or rejecting somebody's claim that they did something outside the laws of nature. Because there's many ways that you can do things that appear to be miraculous when they're not. Sleight mm. of hand, you know, it's a very famous way of doing that. And just the feat of dexterity, human body is very dexterous and is able mm. to do things that are, appear to be something where they're not. Um, so there's different ways. I mean, People, the people that so claim it, you 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 basically weigh it in the in the in the 
in the scale of your faith. That's it. It, it. A person flies in the air, so what? People can fly. We build things that can fly. Okay, it's against the laws of nature, so what? What's the person bringing that is that changes the way we understand human nature? What is the person built? Because I mean, that's the thing. The Prophet did the 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 the, 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 the miraculous act, and then he changed society, which is more miraculous. Mm. You know, but Bashir, things happen in life which you, one can't believe they happen um, with no effort, seemingly, and other things never happen. No much, you know. It doesn't matter how much effort you put in. Mm-hmm. And then, say for example, Iqbal, Iqbal says, "Ye fezane nazar tha, ya maktab ki karamat, sikhaye kisne Ismail ko adabe farzandi." So he's that's totally negating the the, the laws of nature. Uh, it's not something that uh, he, he learned something from somewhere. Uh, Ismail alaihissalam. You know, "Ye fezane nazar tha, ya maktab ki karamat." It wasn't the karamat of a maktab. It wasn't mm-hmm. a school, as a madrasa. You know, it's fezane nazar. So somebody had not, had given him this spiritual foresight yes. to be obedient. So you know where. But what, what I'm asking is, in this thing today, I take it from you that it is Iqra has this dimension, more of this dimension rather than anything else. And that also forms a very basic tenet of building of Islamic civilization. Or what Iqbal uh, writes his book, Reconstruction of Religious Thought. And he puts a lot of emphasis on, on this dimension. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. So, I mean, the Prophet was, was a prophet chosen. So there's no effort on his part. Hmm. In terms of normal human beings, we are asked to put effort in. And the Prophet is told to put effort in. You know, to act and to convey and to you know to spread and to teach—all these things are obligations. And if you want to achieve something, you have to do the same thing. You have to put in the in the time, the effort, and the ob- and and fulfill the obligations. But there is this um, this um, unknown element, let's just say, which you you can't assign it to your effort. Like in our own lives, we know that mm. there's certain things. That it just falls for somebody and not for somebody else, and so that could be, you know, divine aid, and it could, you know, you want something really badly and it happens. That could be divine aid, or you want something really badly and it happens, and that could be divine humiliation because the thing that you get, which you wanted, is probably the worst thing you need you ever needed. So then, you never know until everything you know kind of unfolds so you get the job that you always wanted you get it and you fall down you go down a rabbit's hole of of disobedience to allah for example mm. and so that thing that you thought was exactly what you wanted is actually the, 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 the first step in your downfall and the opposite you miss what you really wanted and, and realize it's the first step of your your progression either material or spiritual or whatever it is you never know until the you know the the, the last cut the director's cut when you stand in front of Allah and you see everything in full in front of you. Remember, we are we're just individuals with ability to do things amongst billions of other people that are doing things. And so there's so many radicals 
there's so many variables in every single thing that happens in the, on, on Earth that you could you could design the best computer program, or the mm. best educational um, material. There's six billion other people that could be doing something slightly better than you that get it to market faster than you or have a partner better than better than yours has more insight into a specific application but you can't control that and so you're not asked to look at results you're asked about your effort and this is why why islam is an interesting religion is that you you know the prophet said that you know that a person's intention is far more potent than their action and the Prophet said, mm-hmm. that actions are by their intention. Mm-hmm. Actions are not by their result. Because mm-hmm. in, in our society, the way we think now is actions are judged by output, productivity, mm-hmm. impact. That like they say, what's the impact of your study? What's the yep. impact of your charity? What's the impact of you know um your your YouTube channel? What's the impact? We don't care about impact. We care we about Intention? No, no, we don't. We, if, 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 suffice for you to let go of the arrow from the bow. But, but, but you don't have, you don't waste your life with efforts which don't amount to anything, which are. Yeah, so that's why. That's why. So that's why. Then you tie in with this idea that the Prophet Ali said that you know God loves from a person when they do something, they do it perfectly. Perfect can only happen when you do it and it doesn't work. Like for example, my, my no, but you can you, you can do something <clears throat> perfect. But what if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't amount to anything? This is this dua. Allahumma inni asaluka ilman nafi'an wa amalan mutaqabbalan wa rizqan tayyibas. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you seek amal which is mutaqabbal. You seek uh, knowledge which is useful. Beneficial. Yeah. Beneficial. Yeah, so the thing I'm saying is like, when you when you do something, and when the Prophet said that God loves from a person when they do something, they do it perfectly. You don't know what perfect is until you've done it a number of times and you readjust. Like when you're shooting an arrow, it's not hit the target. You readjust, you readjust, you take into account the, the wind, you take into consideration distance and all these things and you readjust. Itqan comes from readjusting and constantly re, reassess, re, reassessing. Why do we pray five times a day? It's because, oh, you didn't get it last time. The last prayer was 10% khushur, you know, 5% presence. Poor, but next time another chance to perfect another another chance. Five times every day until you go into your grave means that's a difficult thing to perfect. Mm-hmm. Like if anything on earth that you will do is difficult to perfect, it's going to be prayer in the history of humanity, because so the few, human yeah. few moments uh, to, to the end of this episode today with Sheikh Razwan. Uh, the final thing, Sheikh. So surely we choose to do things in our life which will amount to something which are going to be impactful. If there is no impact, we are not responsible because we've done our effort. Is this the correct understanding? Yeah, so we're not. <clears throat> yeah, so look, like because we're talking about Surah Iqra, let's just talk mm. about Revelation then. Like the Prophet okay. said, mm. you know, the Prophet is told, uh, measure of God, convey what you have um being ordered from your Lord. If you if you don't do it, you have not conveyed the message. In other words, your idea is to convey. And then but the Quran also says, In Aleka illa your only task is to convey, not to get people to accept, which is the impact. Mm-hmm. And when the Prophet Ibrahim was told to announce 
same thing and you know he was told announce the hajj to people that they come you know to you on every lean camel from every valley and, and the verses go on the same thing and it said that ibrahim said to the said to allah well messenger how will they come he allah said to him invite people and they will come we will get people to come. In other words, he was worried about impact. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet was worried about impact. Remember, for a period of his life, mm-hmm. early on, he was worried about impact. Um, well, of God, you cannot guide who you love, but rather it's God that guides whoever he wills. In other words, the Prophet is being told, is giving tasalli in Arabic. Which is mm. in Arabic we do the same thing. Tasalli is to mm. be given reassurance and and um, and and um, given this sense of tranquility that you just need to press the button. You just need to do this thing mm. with sincerity. Mm. You've conveyed it. the The impact assessment is God's. Like you know, the impact assessment essentially in the day of judgment is your impact assessment. You know, mm. in Earth we think okay, multinational company. Or got a thousand students, or um, you know, a good child, or whatever. We go to our grave having all these figures. Impact assessment is something that you really do right at the end. And Subhanallah, Iqra for me is is like this situation where your impact assessment is going to be given to you on the day of judgment, which is your your whole whole um, Iqra kitabaka. You know, read your book, impact assessment, and that's you know, something that I think. We don't. We shouldn't under underestimate because the intention, the the constant striving to better that we know from Ramadan every year it comes round. The prayer comes round five times a day. The zakat we have to clean our wealth every single year. We're constant because we're never going to get to perfection. We're never get, going to get to the impact that we want. But the reality is, God doesn't care about the impact. God cares about how much effort you put in. And then he will weigh your actions on the day of judgment. And you know, people will come with actions and they're based upon, you know, envy, ostentation, pride, arrogance, and there'll be nothing, no impact. So a lot of that list of things they've done in their lives, you know, the C V that they have, will just be struck off. Were you a Mujahid Fisabilah? No, you weren't. Were you a person who said to Quran for the sake of God? No, you weren't. Were you an alim that taught for the sake of Allah? No, you were not. <laughs> no impact. Mm-hmm. In, in the unseen Lots of impact on earth But nothing in the unseen And so, you know, in Ramadan One, one of the beasts of Ramadan fasting is that The Prophet said that the, Every single action of the son of Adam is for, for them And God gives reward to them Except for fasting And I'm the one that will give the reward of it The interesting about that hadith is It doesn't really make sense I mean, if you think about it That God says that every action is for the son of Adam, they get reward. So what do they get? The reward's from God, isn't it? Hmm. It's from God. So what is it different about fasting that Allah says, I will give the reward of it? When is all the, <clears throat> all the rewards coming from God? Mm-hmm. 10 or 700 or you know, <clears throat> multiplies all come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What it means is you will get something that nobody can get which is God himself that you will get the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the fast will be something where if you do it for the sake of Allah 
I am its reward. It's almost as that's the way that you have to make the ta'wil, which is that I'm the, I'm the thing that you will get, which is my pleasure, which is ridha. It's one of the greatest, it's considered to be the greatest um, goals that a person can have. With these words, uh, end of today's episode with Sheikh Ruzwan Muhammad.